Get ready for a week-long celebration of music, community and fabulous fun with Joy Radiothon 2024. Joy has the largest collection of rainbow podcast content in the world and you can help keep us out loud and proud by donating during Joy Radiothon 2024. Just go to joy.org.au slash radiothon. Mark it in your calendars because Joy Radiothon returns June 1st to 7th and remember, we all flourish with joy. Welcome to a Joycast from Joy 94.9. Visit joy.org.au to find out more about our Joycasts. Hello and welcome to Been There Done That on Joy 94.9. It's Chris here. I'm breathless already because I've been running, running to get to do this program with you listening. And with me is Gordon. He's not puffed. Hello, I'm not Gordon. puffed, no, but people of your age shouldn't be running. Uh, stop it. <laughs> <laughs> There's lots of things people of my age shouldn't be doing, but I, but you like, do them, yes. I like to do a lot of those things that people say you shouldn't still be doing at your age. And Philip, well, I'm at my age, and I've got two sore knees, so running's out of the question. <laughs> so you're not going to be running for office, even? Oh, I couldn't think of anything worse. <laughs> well, I saw a little picture somewhere saying, "Only three more PMs till Christmas." <laughs> <laughs> Only three. <laughs> and, they, and, and there was an article about how they've taking the asking the PM's name. Now, yeah. who is it, and which name don't we call him? We're not allowed to call him by any abbreviation that what, we use. Scomo. Well, oh, sounds like something you'd pick up a saw. But he introduced himself to a gentleman at the Colling, uh, the Geelong uh, Melbourne game. Yes. He was down here for that, and he he went and shook the fellow's hand, and he said he was wearing a Geelong jersey. Mm. This chap, and the chap said, "Oh, who are you?" And he said, uh, "Scomo," and, and walked off. <laughs> <laughs> Did he know his was it an AFL game because he no, knows nothing about yeah, the sport? It was AFL. It was the it was the Thursday night game between um, Geelong yeah. and, and Melbourne. But Scomo knew that he was at a football game. Didn't yes, he? yes, oh, apparently so. Yes, yeah. he's, he's not a fan of our community or our but sports. He, but he didn't know who Scomo was. <laughs> oh, um, I bet he was totally nonplussed with that recognition <laughs> of his relevance. Yes, yes. Uh, but I but I think it rained that night, so he must have prayed for it. Oh no! Well, Fred Nile gave up trying to pray for rain for for the. Mighty it did happen a couple of times when I was yeah, there. Uh, but we, you know, we had a bit, hello. Yeah, yeah. Hello. Well, being nonplussed, what's the opposite of that? That's being totally, uh, totally plussed, isn't it? Would it would be plus plus, wouldn't it? It's been boasting and everything's like that. Oh, well. You know. who, who would do such a thing? Oh, well, well, we've got a few people that we could name off, <laughs> but we won't do that for in case we get sued. Oh, well, 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 well why don't we just mention uh, someone whose egos uh, seem to be greater than they deserve to be, and that is some of our sports people or other people's sports people. Well, yes, they seem to have a, a, an exaggerated um, idea of their own importance along the way, don't they, some of these people? And there was a real bust-up on the weekend about oh, it. Oh, there was with mm. the tennis, yes. Tennis, yes. Well, I'm not a tennis fan anyhow, but so it's, uh, I watched that because it was on the news. Do you think when you look in your bank book and there are so many zeros that you can barely read the figure, would that affect the way you think or the, you perceive the way that you should be treated? Or The guy next door doesn't have a tantrum <laughs> just because his tennis score is not... 
what he thinks it should but, be. But Philip, those sort of people are want to be winners all the time. I think this is the this is the difference between you and me and them because they we want gave to win. up on winning a long time. This ago. is right because we never did, yeah, and we don't come with a silver spoon. No. Therefore, we're not born to rule or to be adulated. No, Perhaps royalty is is the last remaining crew that do that. But see, the silly thing is we consider that, and Americans themselves would say that we don't have a class system like the English do. Well, we, we don't have the English system, but we've got great divides between rich and poor. Oh, God, yes. And the entitled and the entitled less. Yet we don't admit it. Because it's something, because we were supposed to be an egalitarian society with no bosses and what everybody's equal to his mate and all the rest of it but i'm afraid that that sort of must have gone out the window a few years ago somewhere along no, the well, well, um, communism think... didn't work too well either did it no no well they had some i am's in that as well oh yeah oh yeah um, i mean and that takes us into the realm of politicians there's a couple of politicians in the world at the moment who are big i am's there's three that I can remember, uh, think of at the moment. Well, we got, uh, we've got one in America, one in Russia, and one, one in, in Korea. Korea, North Korea, Korea. Yeah. North Korea. Yes, and one we can just call the Donald. Yeah, well, that's we the, don't have to say his annoying surname. <laughs> but that's that's the American one I was referring to. Yeah, and, and they seem to think that rules don't apply to them. That normal social behaviour, normal social niceties. Something that are, that are casual. But, Chris, don't they make the rules because they're in the positions of power that they're in? Well, they make the anti-rules. Mm. Let's call them the, mm. the new rules, the the um, the fake rules. Fake news. Mm, that it didn't happen. Is that word again. Yeah, <laughs> it didn't happen, of course. You know, I said it, to, I said it yesterday, but it didn't really happen. Yeah, but the he... The following day. I think his argument is that he perceives the way... The West was won previously or run um, is somewhat corrupt, so he can do as provided he does it differently. It won't be called corruption. Well, that's probably right. But he, too. he plays by his own rules and then denies what he did. So, but it's 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 strange how when you when you get to this sort of person that has this sort of um, I am the the boss, you know, and I'm I can scream at the umpire at a tennis match or I can do something else, you know. It brings the whole thing down as far as I'm concerned. It doesn't make it uh, something that you could really look up to. You shouldn't be particularly proud of some of those antics that we've seen recently mm. by those big powers. Well, it's the same when they did that thing in Parliament when they were with that what have you that they did last week or a couple of weeks ago, you know, throwing out a Prime Minister um, and just replaced him with the same persons, basically. It's just, it's just ridiculous. Well, we need a Simpsons reference. Please. When... President Bush Sr. was on The Simpsons. He had a, a visiting dignitary from some African country. And um, Bush said, I've got to go and do my job now. He sat down in the Oval Office and signed these bills into law. And um, he says, I'm doing this for my employer. And the visitor said, oh, who's your boss? He says, the American people. Well, if you look at the current regime, the American people work for him. <laughs> he doesn't work for them. Something like that, yes. Well, he's there to take all he can get and make America great again, where a lot of people didn't think it was all that broken. Mind you, Philip, I think the uh, Australian Prime Minister gets paid more than the American President. Yeah, and the Presidents typically donate. Because, look, to get the mm. job, you've got to be rich anyway. You're not there for the money. 
Well, in the US you do, mm. and it shouldn't be that way in Australia mm. because, you know, we are the uh, considered to be, well, we consider ourselves to be the land of a, having a fair go. But the top job in America is if you want grey hair and to age early, become president. The oh. same thing happens in here. In four yeah. years, you'll be almost dead. Yeah, but look at look at look, look at the here the prime minister of Australia. You know they they can start off with a head of a, a dark hair or something rather, and yeah. by the end of they finish their term, they're white headed again because they think they're running a country. Oh, and they probably go home with a checklist of things to do before breakfast. Oh, I don't think so. <laughs> now we've got a guest coming up in our next little bracket. Tristan. Yes, he's his a, name. Tristan. Yes, he's uh, from all the Queen's men. And he's going to be talking about something I think you know a little bit about as well. Gordon. It's the um, I think it's the coming back out ball that will be at the uh, Melbourne Town Hall in October. Oh, mm. now if I remember correctly, that was a very well executed event, and it was put down on film. And some little bird tells me that that's going around the world. That film. Look, I don't doubt it. It was a damn good film. Actually, it's really a wonderful film. Who was in it, Gordon? I wasn't. I was in the background. (laughs) I was in the background, but there was about eight elders of the gay and lesbian community who were there. It's a good news story. It was lovely, their stories of what they had to put up with when they were growing up. That's the idea of it. Yeah. So anyhow, we'll have a chat with Tristan in a little while. Okay. Let's get him into the studio. But in the meantime, some messages and a piece of music. You're enjoyed. Been there, done that with Gordon, Phil, and Chris. A diverse sound for a diverse crowd. Joy 94.9. You're on Joy 94.9. Been there, done that with Gordon, Chris, and Phil. And now in the studio, we have with us Tristan Meacham from All the Queen's Men. Tristan's been here before and has chatted with us about things that he does, but he's got a very special thing going on in October. Tristan, welcome to Joy 94.9. Thank you so much for having me here. Again, what are you involved in? Well, Gordon, we are very excited to announce here on Been There, Done That. Uh, the Coming Back Out Ball will be coming back out by popular demand in 2018. Mm-hmm. A spectacular celebration of lesbian, gay, bisexual, trans and gender diverse and intersex elders will be back at the Melbourne Town Hall as part of the Victorian Seniors Festival this October. That's wonderful. It really is. Last year was such a fantastic inaugural celebration. We had uh, over 500 people attend the Melbourne Town Hall. It was during that very traumatic time for the community during the same-sex postal vote, but it was a real celebration of uh, our past and looking to our future. And we were thinking that we wouldn't do it again this this year, but unfortunately it was such a roaring success that we feel like it would be absolutely remiss not to have another celebration for LGBTI elders. Well, I was there for that ball and I could tell you what, I had a wonderful time and it was a terrific um, evening and with lots of entertainment, lots of dancing, lots of fun and it was great. This year you'll be able to celebrate the success of the vote last year. I think that's a really good point. Last year it felt like there was a lot of other things happening in and around the community and uh, it felt like almost a bit of a relief because there was so much um, other other things that were taking over the community's attention and I think that's absolutely the way but that the we... the ball itself it. would have been positive exposure. Absolutely. So it's, it's, here we are, we're real people. That's true <laughs> and I think that's what we're hoping to do this year. It mm. will be an absolute celebration this year and a little bit different from the way that we did it last year. 
very different performers there. What's a different world, isn't it? It it is a different (laughs) world and one that we should be celebrating in terms of where we've come from and Mm. the privileges that our community have inherited because of the elders that have paved the way, but also thinking about it as a way to look forward to the future. So we have some wonderful performers, very different from last year, but thinking of that sort of celebration, really. Some performers, Briefs Burlesque. Wonderful. uh, Which are some amazing circus and burlesque and trapeze performers uh, who really travel the world. They they do that non-stop. They're really at the top of their game. I know that Gordon, you may have seen them at the beginning of the year, and they were quite they're quite fancy. They are really really stunning men. That's yes. all I can say. <laughs> stunning <laughs> men and, and and very very clever. And very what they clever. Do. Just remind you, we're on radio and nobody can see this. <laughs> <laughs> they are absolutely fantastic. We also have the wonderful Meow Meow, a, a fantastic burlesque performer singer, mm-hmm. um, and we'll be um, launching her set with the Coming Back Out Ball Big Band, um, an amazing uh, orchestra that we'll be putting together. And to um, conclude the performances, we have an amazing uh, act called Electric Fields, an queer Indigenous electro group who are really one of the Best, one of the best bands that I think Australia has, and we're really honoured to have them there as part of this celebration. Oh, that's going to be wonderful. Now, when is the big celebration happening? Thanks for asking. It's actually on Thursday, the 25th of October at 6 pm at the Melbourne Town Hall. Now, tickets are available for all parts of the community. We want to make sure that everyone comes along, but obviously, it's specifically targeted for LGBTI elders. Those elders that can't afford concession prices, like we did last year, we still are offering free tickets. We We want to make sure that this event is always for the whole community, no matter what your context is, so that there are free tickets available. Um, But then there are also tickets that you can also purchase for the event as well. It's Thursday, the 25th of October, and you can purchase tickets or just uh, sign up for tickets at our website, www.comingbackoutball.com. So we can look forward to another great night of entertainment, fun and frivolity. Please do, yes, Yes, absolutely, absolutely. Tristan, thank you very much for coming in and letting us know all about the Coming Back Out Ball for 2018. Thank you so much for having me. And it's at the Melbourne Town Hall again, which is wonderful. A bit posh, isn't it? Absolutely, and a three-course meal and drinks as well, just to say. So we we try to make it a bit posh for everyone. That's how it becomes a ball. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you very much, Tristan. Thank you for coming in and telling us all about the Coming Back Out Ball in 2018 on the 25th of October at the Melbourne Town Hall at 6pm. Thank you. You're enjoyed. Been there, done that with Gordon, Phil and Chris. Australia's only LGBTI radio station. Joy. You're with Gordon, Phil and Chris. Been there, done that. Joy 94.9. We we look at the calendar and we think, what's been happening recently that affects us? And we can't recognise them with all the other noise that's happening around at the time. And we look back a, a few years later and think, wow, that was actually a m- pretty momentous event. But in the with the depth of history that we've got available to us now in written and verbal form, we can uh, sort of identify a few of these marvellous events or famous events or horrendous events that occurred previously. And I'm thinking of the one back in 2nd of September, 1666. Wow, that's a couple of years ago. Just a few, just a few. (laughs) I was very young at the time. (laughs) Don't remember much personally. (laughs) And, And we're talking about a fire which has gone down in history to be the Great London Fire. Now, what's that? That uh, is that the one that started off in a baker shop. There was some. There, there was some reason that in my mind that that was the one that started with the baker baker's shop, and um, 
something happened with the oven or something rather than it started the fire and then it went st- spread right through London. My facts say it was in Pudding Lane. That might be where you got confused. Well, this could have been where the bakers were. But yeah, Thomas Fraynor, or no, Fraynor, was a baker to King Charles. That's what it was, the baker shop. Mm. And it went, it, we, I, we're not sure what the buildings would have been made of in those days, though, Chris, because they're... The whole of London seemed to burn, you know, well, well, you, like bricks had been around forever and so had cement and all the rest of yeah. it, but they must, and, and they... It was, the city was full of poor people and they couldn't afford bricks and things like that, yeah. so it was probably a few timber buildings that were there, but, but as with all things, a fire cannot be trusted, one little spark will create a bigger fire if it gets out of control. And that's why we used to have the adverts on TV and radio in bushfire season, don't throw your butts out this car window. As if anybody would ever do that now, we're well and truly trained. Well, now we have to mention don't throw your cigarettes out the window either. <laughs> Keep your butt on the seat and your cigarette inside the car. Yeah, but but of course the 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 ceilings and the roofs of those uh, buildings probably would have been thatched or wooden yeah, or timber yeah, or something yeah. like that. That the well, fire would have just gone mad. Exactly, because obviously next to the stove, the uh, baking stove, there would have been a stack of green timbers or d- timbers that need to be dried out, kept warm, ready for putting on the fire. And some little spark, a little fairy, jumped out of the fire, landed on. Some kindling of some sort, bark of the tree, and gradually smouldered, and away it went. It was obviously the bakery was empty overnight, mm. and in the morning they well, would have started again with a normal fire, but it, not this time. They probably had straw in there as well, probably straw on the floor or something or other like that. Well, one I've, of those I've got a note here that says timber, pitch, and straw. Mm. Now, pitch, pitch is tar. It's so that that's. A petroleum-based product, isn't mm. it? Yeah. Basically. So straw, timber, and oil. <laughs> what burnt? <laughs> I, obviously, there was no building regs in those days. Obviously. So what happened with this particular fire? It was one of the biggest calamities in the history of London. It destroyed over 13,000 houses and 89 churches and rendered 100,000 people homeless and destroyed dozens of significant buildings, including halls, prisons, bridges, and government buildings. Well, they would have had a good way to replan the uh, city, I would think, after that it all happened. Wouldn't you, would they have had a town planner then come in and say, we'll have nice straight roads and all the rest of it, well, which you don't find in London prob- anyhow? They probably realised that the fire spread from building to building, as much as happened then with uh, San Francisco and their Well, I was just thinking of them because here it mentions the close proximity of so many buildings um, fed the fire because it just goes from one to the other. Well, that did happen in 1906 in San Francisco and as a result of that, the building codes for the city stipulated that buildings had to be one inch apart from each other. Like, oh, of course. Like now, that's going to be. If you look at that now, that's a funnel for the fire to go through. Uh, for those that don't know, one inch is about two centimeters. Twenty-five centimeters. Yeah. Well, yeah. you know, we all <laughs> say we'd like an inch extra, but you know, <laughs> yes. you don't want it on fire though. But there was one good thing that happened with that fire of like the Great Fire of London. It got rid of the Black Plague, because all the all the rats that were carrying the plague, the fleas, 
were killed in the fire. Or they fled. Or they fled, yeah. Well, Do fleas flee? They jump. Yeah. So they're fleeing? Yeah. Because they can't do much else. No. It's like a fly can fly if you pull his wings off, he's a walk. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Yes. Don't make me laugh. But it, was, it, 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 it did stop. The plague, whatever it was called in those days. Now, yeah. Back in 1854, something else was stopped by a very simple means. And this was the, the magic device that stopped a cholera outbreak from occurring. I mean, it was known that cholera was around, but they didn't actually come to the conclusion that it was caused by the water that they were drinking. They didn't make that connection. And this particular one person, he had the brainwave. Let's take off the handle from the pump in the well in the centre of the particular little area where all the the cholera cases seem to be centred. And all of a sudden... Without that pump working and lifting up the the crappy water, the cholera epidemic was halted. And they started to realise the connection between walled water, sewage and ground diseases. It wasn't something that wafted in on the breeze or anything. And so the cholera was arrested ready for other people to develop the fact that there was a bug in there or there's a virus and so it went on our knowledge of the transmission of uh, diseases developed well let's see that's where we benefit now we i guess we believe that germs exist because you can't see them well i guess with a microscope you can see certain things but this is like 1854 so trying to tell people not to not, drink the don't, water. Don't touch that mm. <laughs> as mm. well as drinking it because that's, I yeah. guess, how it's spread to people. But, um, but, that's, but, they, but they still have breaks when people don't have proper, sewer, proper water supplies and proper sewerage as well in, oh, in some of these poor third countries. Third world countries, yeah, exactly. Yeah, they still get poorer well, because of it. Third world, um, after the tsunami in Japan with all that water coming in, like sewage services and all mod cons have gone. So cholera outbreaks have occurred there. Mm. Well, that's why we get the warnings if there's any floods occurring, that in that the sewage systems are rendered inoperative, yeah. and all the floaties float. Well, they say don't drink the tap. Well, you've only got to go back two weeks ago when they had that fire down in uh, Yarraville, and all the stuff went into that little stony creek, and they nobody could yeah. let the dogs. You couldn't let the dogs drink the water, and there was fish were going out and dying out in the bay, and all the rest of it. So that's and what happens. another quick little thing. You know how you we always would be told, uh, watch out for barley belly. Well, that was because there was little Mars bars floating in the waters there as well, and in the seawater. Hmm. And everybody go in for a surf and get a, a, a gut full of contaminated water. But one of the horrendous things that happened on the 11th of September 2001, very recently of course, was the terrorist attack on buildings in New York. And in Washington and in Pennsylvania Pennsylvania and Washington. Yeah, Yeah, that was the 9-11, which um, I would imagine that there will be quite a large celebration on that date in New York at the site of the old World Trade Centres, which is now a memorial centre with all the names of the people that were killed. Yeah. Mm. But can you imagine the hate in the minds of somebody? And and see, they saw the Twin Towers as the symbol of American opulence and had tried previously to blow them up Hmm. in the underground car park. 
and that failed because the thing was built so so strong. Uh, I guess it would have been built with the the concept of a truck bomb going into the car park and exactly what they tried. What the designers never thought anybody would think of doing is flying a plane into a skyscraper. Mm. Mm. I still can't get my head around that. No. If you're smart enough to even fly a plane in flight, like not landing or taking off, surely there's a little bit of your brain that says, this is not right. Yes, but then, Philip, you've got to remember, it was also a religious thing too because it was the the terrorists had picked out certain parts of the Quran and said that you had to do this and you had to do that and you'd have 73 virgins when you mm. went to heaven or something. Can or you other. imagine if I picture 73 virgins... They're little guys with pimples, pocket protectors, and white coats. <laughs> and I think, well, I'm getting out of this plane. Yeah. Well, what do they? What do they say? Somebody said they wouldn't be hard finding seventy-three virgins in America. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh dear, oh dear. Yes, yeah, so, no, it wasn't a very nice um, statement, but we we in Australia remember those events with a little bit of remoteness. But there is one connection that we have. Uh, I think there might have been a couple of people in the building, Australians, at the time of the Mm. attacks, and they died. But we have an ongoing connection with one of the people who overcame some of the terrorists Mm. in one of the planes that crashed into... Flight 57 in Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania, yeah. And that person was Mark Bingham. He led the group of people on board the plane to overcome the terrorists, and they directed the plane away from some major ev- Well, areas, there's, there's conjecture about whether it was going to the White House or what its destination was. Or the Pentagon was. or something, mm. yeah. But the, the amazing thing is, they, the passengers, found out about all these other hijackings and concluded that their plane had been hijacked. It had turned around, and you cannot miss that when you're a passenger. So can you imagine... You have to decide to give your own life yeah. consciously and kill the pilots or force the pilots into the ground to save other people. I can't imagine what that decision would... It's either crystal clear at the time... It's not self-preservation because, you, as you said, yeah. you know you're going to be part of the casualty. Well, that's right. I guess the decision would have been crystal clear because they were not going to land. Hmm. That would have been completely obvious at that point. So you either land under your own terms or become part of the disaster mm. yeah well I, I think that's probably the what probably went through their minds when it was happening mm. we're, we're, we're going to die anyhow so we're not going to let them take yeah. other people with it with mm. us sort of thing you know that's the so, so they are the true heroes yeah oh yes, yeah. yes yes well mark bingham was on that flight he is a u.s sportsman and big guy and i would think full of courage uh, obviously, he was full of courage, and he uh, assisted in overcoming the, the terrorists. But in his remembrance, has been established the Bingham Rugby Cup, and the Sydney teams uh, are in that. The sorry, he was gay. That's he right. was gay, and the gay sports people of the world have rallied behind his remembrance. And there's a couple of teams from Sydney, Convicts A and Convicts B. And the Bingham Cup has been around the world a few times, sporting event every couple of years. I'd like to remind you that there was another gay person that was nearly going to be going up in that tower to have a look. Oh, yeah? Who? Ian Thorpe. Was he? He was on his way to the, to the towers and oh, he got stopped. Yeah. yeah. All those innocent people. Mm-hmm. Incredible. Thank you, lucky stars. Be thankful. Be grateful. Yes. And thank the other people who weren't so lucky.
Been there, done that. Joy 94.9. Philip, Christopher and Gordon. You get a long name, Gordon, whether you're, you're abbreviated or not. Have you ever been Gordy? Oh, some people called um, me Gordy. Around oh. Christmas, with all those lights around you. Oh. <laughs> Pretty Gordy. <laughs> Love radio? Joy is now on iHeartRadio. Turn us on anywhere. You with Gordon, Phil and Chris, been there, done that. Joy 94.9. Something rather momentous happened in the world, which was not in a catastrophe flavour. It was a very positive... It affects so many people. It happened in India during last week. It was the landmark ruling of the Indian Supreme Court decriminalising gay sex. Ever since the British arrived in India way back when, the English rules of the day had been applied to the colony of India. And even when the British laws changed, they weren't mirrored by similar changes in India. And it's only now, some 150 years later, that the Indian version of the laws has been struck down. Chris, a couple of years ago, the anti-gay laws were uh, law was changed in India, and the gay population thought they had it; everything was going to be right. But then. The, I'm not sure whether it was the Supreme Court or somebody cancelled that. Yeah. And they had to then go back and start fighting all over again. That's right. It yeah. was. So it's it's part of a long, long chain of events. There have been some people within India who've been trying, as you say, for years to get this anachronism changed because the reality was staring them in the face. That there were gay people within India that were being mistreated under the law. The equality wasn't there, and this has done done the right thing about creating a more equal society. How many people, I wonder, were were actually affected? Well, 78 million people is apparently the estimated LGBTI population. Well, there's about a billion people in India, isn't there? They're, they're just a little bit behind China as far as their population goes. But 78 million people, but my they, goodness me. They don't have a voice, though. They're, they don't have a voice. They're not organised. And there would have been people who... I, I can see two sides of this legal argument. The laws are so old, and if we want to be an independent nation, we should just dump them. And other people saying, well, because the laws are so old, we should respect them. Neither of thing, or certainly the latter one, doesn't make a lot of sense because time has moved on. And social but, attitudes have moved on. Yeah, but in a lot of countries, it's still not easy, even if the law changes, the people aren't necessarily all behind it. Well, Which is I, a problem we've still got to some extent in this country. And just imagine what the results are going to be like in India. Mm. Okay, there might be 778 million people celebrating, but there'll be equally that many more who are not in favour of the change. Well, but there's a lot of people, a lot of, lot of people in India don't like the change. They, they don't like the law change at all. And they're going and, to fight it. Think about the people in, in the outer regions or the rural areas that have not seen gay life in a positive way or they don't need, see a need for <laughs> our needs to be respected. Which is why they need a voice. And it might come out of this because this is... When was 
when were we decriminalised in Victoria? Yes. 1990-something, uh, wasn't it? 93 or something? Really? I, can't, I can't remember. I know I could remember when it was passed that we were decriminalised because we were no longer criminals walking the streets. But mm. um, yeah. But this is a national change. Yeah. Maybe their progress will accelerate because of our progress. Yeah. Well, they've got examples around the rest of the world. Let's face it, um, apparently, uh, as a result of this decision, over 75% of the world now live in a country where gay sex is legal. Yeah. Now, you need China to come on to, to bump that 75% up to a, a, a much yeah, larger see, figure. You've got to study that statement, though, because 75% of countries say gay sex is legal, hmm. it doesn't mean we have equal rights in oh, all those countries. No, no. No. So there's a very long road ahead. Hmm. And it's it's probably going to get harder before it gets easier. Well, I don't know, because the the, the thing is, with, with a lot of these things, when they happen, they, they it takes a while for everything to sort of fall into place. Like it's still, with our, yeah. our situation, even with the, when we had the equal marriage thing that went mm. through last year, we're still coming to terms with the fact that we can get married and there are still things that are happening that we've got to really fight for. Well, still. Two things that I got out of that result is that we've got more allies than I realised because hmm. I was, well, I'm naturally sceptical. So having allies is really good, but the people who are not our allies are going to be really staunch in their hmm. view. Well, we've still got that. Um, review that Philip Ruddock did about the um, the freedom of religion and everything, and that's still uh, it's, been along. it's been mentioned in the paper a few times since ScoMo became the Prime Minister for some reason, I don't mm. know why They're mm. trying to get it out before the election mm. and yeah. I well, I'm hoping the election has already been lost and won mm. in recent events but um, No, well at least in India they've realised that this is the beginning of the real work that they've got to do to educate the rest of the population. And it'll take a couple of generations, as we're finding out, yeah. to to establish the equality that they're trying to achieve. But it's really hard to progress your rights when you're considered a criminal just for being who you are. Well, so it is a major step, but it's only the first step. They, they were still uh, jailing people for up to 10 years uh, for gay sex. What Hello? are you going to find in jail? Oh, <laughs> a monoculture there. Golly mm. gosh. But, the, but the, the, there's also that you've got to consider too, the, the Americans, the gay community are very upset about the new nominee for the Supreme Court because he is um, totally against um, same-sex marriage apparently. Yeah, and, and, um, they and abortion they, rights. And abortion rights it's and everything. Just a... And he could be changing the whole situation in America. Cancel the whole lot again. Mm. I need a Simpsons reference on the American abortion, the the case that the Supreme Court case that gave us our current result is Roe versus Wade. That's right. Well, there was one episode of The Simpsons when um, Bart Simpson wanted to go out to this little island, and it was fairly shallow water, and he had a little um, tinny next to him, and he said the only decision to make at this point is Roe. Or Wade. <laughs> oh, good, yeah. Yeah. Yes, it's, 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 uh, it's one of those things. It's, but, but as, as I say, we've still got fights to 
get through here in Australia. We've and with fighting religion, though. Yeah. Same with the abortion debate. Yep. Yep. That's so heavily biased in religious views. And they shouldn't be running the world. True. It's, I mean, the Pope used to. Just, you know, a few hundred years ago, fine, but mm. I'm over it. But it's amazing. The um, I've, I've been reading the letters in the papers lately and how the uh, anti-religious people are really writing it to the papers and sort of saying, you know, about, all about this religion, religious freedom because they and they're pointing out that we are a secular country. Mm. Mm. Well, I don't want your invisible friend running my world. You're a little imaginary well, friend. <laughs> as, as somebody pointed out to me the other day, if God is in control of everything, why did he have the drought in the first place? Yeah, yeah. And why did all these other dreadful events occur? That's right. And why did he invent gay people? I, oh, I think he's starting it. to look a bit silly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, quickly to end on a little bit of a happier note, I've seen this report in the press that the ruby slippers that were worn by Judy Garland as Dorothy in The Wizard of Oz have been recovered. But they don't know who the thieves were, so they're working on that. It's no place like home, was the famous line within that 1939 Wizard of Oz film. And there's about four pairs of these red slippers. One is in the Smithsonian Institute. And that's in a pretty poor shape. Yes, yes. And this this pair was owned by some chap that had bought them at auction and he valued them over a million dollars. Wow. And I'm not sure... Don't know where the others are, but... No, but this particular pair that has been found were known as the travelling pair. Um, And they they were used not as heavily as the pair in the Smithsonian, which is showing all the signs of use periodically. But... It, you know, it was a, they're symbolic of that particular um, film of Judy Garland, of the icon that she was in the film, but not as she's become now. But of course, they're 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 also an icon in the gay community too about the red shoes, you know. And and if you're a friend of Dorothy, if you're a friend, if you're gay, and, and well, my little friend Kyle, who last time I saw him, he was fifteen in Sunnyvale, California, basically let people know his sexual preference. When you arrived at his apartment, there's this pair of ruby red slippers at the front door, (laughs) (laughs) which his mum bought for him. Yeah, I think the ones that they've got back were the the advertising pair, as you suggested, because the ones that the Smithsonian's are probably the ones she wore on set and did all the dancing and all the rest of it in it. Mm. There we go. It was the munchkins took it. Of course. We haven't got any munchkins left anymore. The the last poor little munchkin died uh, a couple of years ago now, I think it was. That's right. But they were nasty little fellas. Apparently on set they were misbehaving and smoking and doing all sorts of things. And, and, and what was the, there was somebody that was on the set that was quite strong. It was one of the, one of the other characters. He, if they had to get them somewhere, he would pick up. Two, one, one under each arm and just carry them where they had to be and plonk them down. <laughs> oh, there yeah. we go. Yeah. Well, look, thanks very much for being with us today. We hope you've enjoyed what we dished up for you. Oh. We did. We, we thank Tristan for coming in and telling us all about the... Coming back out ball. And so we'll see you next week and, and hope that we'll have your company then as well. Bye for now. Bye. Bye. This Joycast is a free service brought to you by Joy 94.9. Support Joy 94.9 by becoming a member at joy.org.au.
This podcast was produced by Joy Media. You can support Joy's diverse sound and diverse community this June by donating to Joy Radiothon 2024. Go to joy.org.au slash radiothon. And remember, we all flourish with joy. Joy.